0: i uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: weekly podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who one doctor at a time. I'm Scott Carelli.
2: I'm Cassandra Fredrickson.
1: And I'm Nick Jimenez. And today on the show we will be discussing Dragonfire, the 7th Doctor's fourth story and the introduction of Ace.
0: Yay! Mm-hmm. Yay Ace. Um <laughs>
1: So, uh yeah, so we get the uh we get the introduction of Ace, which is probably the most important thing about this story. Um, but we also get the return of Glitz. <laughs> There's uh, a lot of
3: important things in this episode. Scott. Uh,
1: <laughs> we get the we get the return of uh, save it. We get the return of of Glitz, uh which <laughs> um Nick is a character Nick hasn't met yet and won't yeah. meet for a while. Um, That's great. But uh but but Glitz is uh Glitz is an interesting uh interesting fellow. Uh yeah. this episode is written by Ian Briggs and directed by Chris Clough or Clough, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but uh but Ian Briggs is uh, a guy who studied drama at Manchester University, uh Andrew Cartmel, the uh, script editor of uh of this era of Doctor Who. Um, brought him in because he was like a young guy and Andrew Cartmel wanted to bring in these young guys to sort of like shake up Doctor Who. And uh, so far it had been working, but with Ian Briggs, Ian uh, turned in a, a pitch for a Doctor Who episode and it was like super cliched and derivative. And Andrew Cartmill was like, uh, try again, do, do, do something else. Um, so they threw that out. And uh, and Delta and the Bannerman went, ended up going first in the production, Uh, and then you know he was given the um, the sort of uh, there were some elements that needed to be you know production elements that needed to be part of his script. Delta and the Mm -hmm. Bannerman, these last six episodes were going to be two three part adventures, and Delta and the Bannerman was going to be all like all shot on location, and then whatever Ian Briggs story was going to be all shot on a studio. Mm-hmm. So he needed to make sure that he came up with an idea that would uh, fit that. So he ended up coming up with this this idea uh, about a a you know like a frozen planet and a treasure map and all of this stuff. And at first, the villain uh, was actually like a fourteen year old financial genius. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, and- like like Richie Rich. Yeah,
3: basically, yeah, yeah. In the uh, in, in the canon, where Richie Rich is rich because of his smarts, not his his parents' smarts.
1: Right, right. Um. So so at first that was going to be the deal. Uh. Obviously, that uh, all changed, and and part of it had to do with uh, there was like a general feeling, especially after Delta and the Bannerman, that sort of like took the the kooky comedic elements. Of uh, the 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 start of Sylvester McCoy's era on Doctor Who, and just sort of amped them all up to eleven. And so with Delta and the Bannerman, they're like, okay, well we're going to see how that works. Now let's kind of dial that back a little bit. So they they cut out all the references to the Doctor like screwing up like sayings and and m- mixing stuff like that up, and mm-hmm. they tried to make it a little less wacky. I don't know, I don't know if they <laughs> necessarily succeeded. Uh, but they were sort of like starting to like try and lean away from the wackiness just to see, um, you know, what, what they could get away with, I guess, as far as uh, <laughs> what, what this era of the show was going to be like. Sure. Um, that, that definitely comes into play more so next season. Uh, mm-hmm. This being the season finale of season 24, I guess. Yes, think? sir. Um. So these are the season finale, season twenty four. Season twenty five is when we start getting like more of a serious uh, seventh doctor, or at least a little more reflective seventh <laughs> doctor, and not so like outwardly comedic. Um. And but yeah, and that all started. That all started here. Uh. Again, y- well, that's you a know, goddamn shame. It's 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 small. It's small small steps. Uh. Into that direction. <laughs> okay. okay. But good, but good, good, it it's okay. definitely there. It's it's. It's more – the comedy from this episode, I would argue, uh, is mostly ironic uh, as opposed to Delta and the I Bannerman. I guess that's
3: true. I, I, I guess in retrospect that is true.
1: Yeah. Delta and the um, Bannerman was like more like, ah, this is wacky and fun. And this one is like, no, this is serious. We're just not pulling it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, eventually you know we ended up with what we, what we got. Uh, and one of the main things was that if you guys remember when we talked about, I mean, this was like a long time ago, but when mm-hmm. we talked about Delta and the Bannerman, uh, there was a character in Delta and the Bannerman that was sort of lined up to be the Doctor's new companion, uh, or at least as a possibility of the Doctor's new companion. And then the other one was going to be the character in this, who at first was going to be named Alf. Uh, what? But. Yeah, her name was going to be Alf, but <laughs> but Briggs didn't like that name. Uh, oh so, no, why? So he he renamed her, and this is the most. This is the most like, uh, hello, fellow kids, kind of thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Yes. Uh, because Briggs was a drama instructor at a youth theater, and he heard slang that all of the students were speaking, and they would say things like "ace." And so he named the character after the slang that he heard his students speaking.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, that's,
3: that's the perfect, that's the most perfect origin that character could have had. Yeah. That's like the kind that's like Professor X or no, that's like Professor Utonium elbowing Professor X. uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, a chemical X into the. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I missed every part of that. (laughs) That's fine. I got you. Powerpuff Girls. (laughs)
1: um so uh so yeah so so ace was a combination um was inspired by a combination of uh three of his students at this school and uh (laughs) judy garland's performance as dorothy gale in wizard of oz which is why ace is named dorothy Hmm. so
0: there (laughs)
1: -hmm. you go uh but yeah when it came down to uh, Ray, the uh, Welsh tomboy character that we met in Dalton the Bannerman, and Ace, who we meet here, uh, they basically came down to they were they didn't know which was going to be which, and Langford wasn't Bonnie Langford wasn't saying whether or not she was going to stay for another season or not, and eventually she was like, "Okay, I'll come on for another season, but only for one story," and they're like, "Oh no, that's fine," um, and then they just. <laughs> Wrote her out of here. It should be important to note: uh, Bonnie Langford, Langford at the time uh, was not smiled upon as a companion. Uh, it seems that Doctor Who fans in the eighties really hated her.
3: Uh, I can so. kind of, I can kind of see you know she's she's not a character that I can imagine a lot of like young boys would like because mm-hmm. like th- she kind of like that kind of stupid way of young boys have of thinking. We're like, oh, well, that's, she's not a cool kind of girl. Right. Well, she also,
1: she also has an element of, um, it feels like she's constantly, I mean, I mean, look, I, you could say, well, it is a children's show, Scott, but she does have, she does have a, a vibe of like being a children's show host.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: Like kids don't, I remember as a kid being very wary of anything that seemed to be like directed at me as a kid.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
3: You know, kind of like the, the you know those the, the way kids are instinctively a little bit wary of like Barney. Mhm. <laughs> you were made by an adult for me to like, weren't you? Yeah. Whereas like
2: I thought part of the reason why that she they didn't like her as much as well was because um Bonnie Langford was like an act, like a stage actress before this and she did a lot of like children's productions. And that's Oh, my why-
1: that might be part of it. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely in her, her performance, though,
2: Yeah.
1: Um, on top mm-hmm. of everything else. Because, like, you know, you look, at, um, you, you look at Billy Piper, and she was a pop star mm-hmm. prior mm-hmm. to getting cast in Doctor Who, and everyone was like, harumph. And then she was in it, and they were <laughs> like, all right, I guess she's fine. Um, so it's possible to overcome that. It's just that Bonnie Langford did, did, did herself no favors Uh, In her performance to overcome that, Mm -hmm. Uh, it was really like she really – it seemed like she came to this job thinking this was a children's show and she should act like it. Um, Because like at any moment, you're sort of waiting for her to turn to the camera and and be like, do you see the doctor? (laughs) Um, She just has that vibe about her. Uh, Mm, Like she said, like
3: like she's sitting on a big old comfy couch.
1: Yep. Yep. That's – yeah. She could totally be the host of Big Comfy Couch. Um yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I,
3: I, I will say I, I love Mel um in her own, but like in kind of like a looking back kind of I can imagine, yeah. yeah, maybe if I was like a dumb boy, I would have been like, She's like my little sister, I don't like it. But like <laughs> I I will say I think in this episode, I really I was genuinely kind of sad when Mel left because I think Mel teamed with Ace is was so special and so mm-hmm. d- delightful. I really think that like Ace complimented, complimented uh, um, Mel's Melness really well. And I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish we had more adventures of those two.
1: Yeah. I, I would definitely agree to that. I wish there was a way that Big Finish could do that. I mean, I guess they could because I guess, uh, I guess, you know, she's, Mel is still out in space somewhere, so <laughs> they could bump into Hang each other again Litz, and go on so adventures. The, right. um, the weirdest
3: visual ever,
1: but but I do I, I, I do agree with you. I think that they work really well together, and it's unfortunate that we only get this one
3: story. Mm-hmm. Um, even like even like uh, visually, the, the, just the image of like Mel looking very like I'm a little girl detective. I'm gonna find out what's and just Ace with like her hands in her pockets and like her pins on her jacket. They're just like really fun visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, so yeah, so they wrote out uh, they wrote out Bonnie Langford they wrote out Mel, they brought in ace uh and in fact, they reused a uh, an old uh, because it happened at the last minute in the production schedule uh, they just reused a an audition sequence um, that they <laughs> that they wrote like audition sides and that 's what they used as her like be her introduction to the tardis like yeah be let 's go on adventures together um and if you watch it knowing that, it does kind of feel like it's a weird – like,
3: what is what does this have to do with anything that they just did? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's, that's why. Yeah, it's like – remember those weird pages that leaked when they were auditioning the Twelfth Doctor? Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
1: the other thing that's notable about this story is that uh, – Nathan Turner thought it would be fun to uh basically rip off every movie ever made um <laughs> yeah. and f- in this story so so just this once yeah, so kane uh is named after of course uh Charles Foster Kane, and his little his little assistant Zana is named after Kane's estate xanadu Oh, um, lord yeah. <laughs> it-
2: we have
3: the second movie. That's like you think peak like peak
2: eighties. Like. Yeah. Uh
1: huh. <laughs> um, we've got uh, the Ice World cafeteria, which is based off the Mos Eisley cantina, except there's no aliens in it. Um, <laughs> there's uh, like empty food uh, Holographic court. messages from the dead, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is a reference to Jor-El, um in Superman, and uh, of course there's the Nosferatu ship. Mm-hmm and uh most notably uh is uh Kane's death
3: which um is of course Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it would be like if i wrote a novel and my main character was named like John Two Cities.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong.
2: There's that bit with the um from Alien too like just straight Oh right, yeah, of
3: course, of course, the xenomorph, of course, yeah. Yeah, which and and Doctor Who ripping off alien is just an irony that is is so delicious, it's practically <laughs> yeah. like a fragrance.
1: We we actually we we created this first, so whatever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> We're just gonna take it because it's ours. Uh yeah. So it's anyway. like when Justice League does dark side eventually.
1: <laughs> oh, and then uh I think I think the, the real question that we all have. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a bit of history on the uh, the famous cliffhanger, cliffhanger <laughs> of, of part one, <laughs> the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. And we we'll, let's let's not let's not talk about like it, what it actually what actually happens until we get there. Oh but my God. but the behind the scenes explanation is basically it was written in such a way that Chris Cloe. The Director had no idea what it was trying to suggest. no one could figure out what it was and Ian briggs wasn 't around to explain, so they just shot something <laughs> but is- but what it was what it was actually supposed to be was that he was supposed to come to a uh, 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 like basically he 's following the path and then he he comes to the end of a a path, but the what the but the the map is continuing forward, mm-hmm. and so he's like, I guess I have to go down, and but like that's not made clear, like what is exactly happening, and then they're like, yeah, and then I guess we got to do this, but the idea was that he was supposed to fall, but they don't, they didn't know how to make him fall, and
3: they just couldn't, yeah. <laughs> oh. So you we know, got yeah. what we got. It's- you know that thing where and, and i'm I'm speaking from my perspective, so it's like like if you've ever been like in a play or like a, a film set, but really any kind of project where just everyone's standing, yeah, and just like what like what like what do we do, like what I don't know, I'm just trying to picture that that moment, yeah, of like pure like okay, there's no parachute, yeah, like, or like we have to make a parachute.
1: Yeah, it had, what, what, what do we do? it had to do with a few things because it had to do with them not really understanding the script and the set designers definitely not understanding the script mm-hmm. and designing a set that has absolutely like no bearing. Like they they created like this long catwalk when it was really supposed to just be he walks down a hall onto the edge of a cliff and that's not – there's like railings, like there's not supposed to be railings, like all of that. So it's just it's a bunch of things all combined of just a lack of communication between <laughs> everyone on this on this production oh that ended gosh. with uh, this absurd cliffhanger.
3: You know, it, it Doctor Who is really one of the few shows, like maybe like Saturday Night Live, but like I watching it as in the context of this is a thing people made. Is almost as fun as just watching it. Like I, I constantly love watching Doctor Who and seeing, like, you know, like like the Xenomorph in this episode, mm-hmm. the, the, the the dragon, and I was just so aware that that was made by people, yeah, and completely a hundred percent. Like that is a that is a that's a that's a, that's a costume, but it made <laughs> but it made me love it more because, like, oh my god, they hired a dude, some poor like British guy in the eighties had to like wear that for a day. <laughs> like kind of act I guess it, kind of act like under the, the, uh, what are you truly like what can you do it's so top heavy mm-hmm. well let's talk about um, let's talk about episode one Dragonfire part one written by Ian Briggs directed by Chris Clough produced by John Nathan Turner script edited by Andrew Cartmel Air date November 23rd, 1987. Ice World, a space trading colony on the planet of Savatros, is under the tyrannical control of Kane, who has begun freezing and storing criminals and mercenaries in the efforts of gathering a frozen army. He is also having an ice statue made. Landing on Savatros, the Seventh Doctor and Mel arrive at a food court. They encounter Sablon Blitz, an old companion they met back in season 25. Blitz is searching for a treasure hidden on Ice World using a map he won playing cards. The treasure is supposedly guarded by a dragon. The Doctor and Blitz go off in search of the treasure, unaware that the treasure map is actually being tracked by Kane, who also seeks the treasure. Mel stays behind at the food court where she meets a waitress called Ace. Ace decided to end her career as a waitress by pouring a milkshake on a rude customer as well as her boss. Impressed and possibly envious at Ace's ability to fight back against a boss or authority figure, Mel decides to follow her new friend back to her home. There, Mel learns that Ace isn't from Sabatros at all, but is an Earth girl from the 20th century, just like her. One day, while conducting chemistry experiments alone in her bedroom, Ace accidentally created a time storm that swept her up and landed her on Savatros. Mel has no reason not to believe her. Ace and Mel use explosives to destroy an ice block that has caused an ice jam and are quickly arrested and sent to Kane. Kane sees potential for great destruction and terror in Ace and asks her to join his army. Ace responds, by creating an explosion caused by Nitro9, using it as a distraction for she and Mel to escape. While running away, they come face to face with the dragon of Ice World. Meanwhile, the doctor falls over a railing, hanging only to his umbrella for dear life.: uh, So the first thing that I, I want to talk about
1: is, uh, I, I am just one of the things that I really love about this season. Of Doctor Who mm-hmm. is that um you know the first i guess i guess the the last three stories of this season, not the first one oh, um yeah but but uh, yeah, uh, time of the Ronnie aside, the thing that I really love about this season is how the doctor and mel just keep appearing in like like the the first one they they end up in like an apartment block and then in, in the second one they're like on a vac- on a vacation bus and then on this one they end up in like a frozen shopping mall like there's something just very 80s about everything that they do this season and i i just really like it like it's it 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 it, it makes everything feel a little more lived in like i i just i really like I just really like how they're interacting with their surroundings and, and the places that they chose to go this season. I, I just really
3: like that. Yeah, like every every episode we've seen so far, again, I guess with the exception of Time and the Ronnie, they, they really all do have this kind of like 80s food court mall aesthetic. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I really love that. I think that's cool. Uh, I, I wish we could do something like that again.
3: Uh, yeah, kind and, of you and, know, in, in the way the Grindhouse sort of made a comeback.
1: Yeah, there's a um, there's a, a, a comic book story. I think it's a Sixth Doctor comic book story where uh, they go to like an intergalactic food court, and it's just the most fun. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just the most fun. They go to an intergalactic food court, and like the mall security are cybermen, and it 's just it 's just this <laughs> of just this absurd romp, and it 's so much fun and i I really like it when Doctor Who unapologetically does a thing mm-hmm. uh like references like a like an earth concept like a food court. Uh, and and they're not they're not like trying to make it look like another thing like oh well this is an alien food court so it's gonna look different no they just literally made it a food court and it's great and like here it's like no no they just made a mall like it's just a mall but it's frozen uh, and I just I really love that I think that's cool I don't know
2: well it makes I'd for, love to see more of it that. makes for like really cool world building because instead of jumping from like weird military spaceship to weird military spaceship every episode you're like seeing right. what aliens do on their day off which is <laughs> yeah. the best so yeah i agree with just no, yeah
3: I really it, love that. the idea of doctor who exi- existing as like a pg rick and morty is very pleasing <laughs> to me yeah <laughs> totally oh man i love that
1: idea that's really great that's a great way to like you know pitch like a take on the show you know mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, we, we, the, the, uh, the, the diner or the, the cafe that they go to, sure. um, it feels it weird is, going at
3: anything other than a food court, like specifically yeah. like an outdoor mall food court.
1: Right. Uh, but they're, but, but they have waitresses, so it's not like a food court. That's true. Um, That's very true. But, uh, but yeah, we meet, we re-meet Glitz and, you know, Glitz, Glitz <clears throat> is a, The thing that I love about Glitz is he is not an 80s guy. He's a 70s guy that's been like shoehorned Mm -hmm. into the 80s. He's like, nope. And I (laughs) love that. Like from everything from his like his like puby perm and just just I mean, just everything about him. His name is uh, Glitz. His his name is Glitz.
3: Oh, man. He was he was that dude that was still in Studio 54 like in 1988. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: (laughs) For sure. Um, I just love that he's like a little overweight. Like yeah, just everything right. everything about him is just so perfect. It's just
3: <laughs> Oh, man. He's like what Han Solo actually would look like in real life. <laughs> yes.
1: If, if you totally.
3: Had, if you led that kind of life, you wouldn't look like Harrison Ford. Like you would have some serious city miles on you.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. Like Glitz. If Glitz was cast today, he would be Danny McBride, and I love that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) And I also, the thing about, I love about Glitz in this story, because he's great in his original story, but he's a little meaner in his original story. Mm -hmm. Like here, he's a little chilled out, like a little more
3: mellow, and it makes him more fun. uh, Yeah, he's kind of got like a, he's kind of got like a hairy mud thing going on in this. Yeah, totally. Totally.
2: I I have a continuity question um, mm-hmm. because I For haven't Scott. seen Trial of a Time Lord in a while. Um, so has he like met Mel ever? Because like that first story, <laughs> he shows up and it's Perry. <laughs> so I don't remember if he shows up. And the back half of Trial of a Time Lord where Mel is or Yeah, he does. He does. He, he does. Mel okay. but not the doctor. No, okay.
1: He does. He does. He comes back uh in the last story. Okay in the uh the second Robert Holmes one, I think he comes
2: back in. The the two parter. Two-parter? Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does. If it's not that one, then it's the then it's just the Mel story, like the, the second or the I'm sorry, the third
2: Yeah. Because I don't remember him in the. Story cause that's the That's like story. the the like the Agatha Christie like Murder on the Orient Express,
1: right? Knockoff. Yeah, I think I think it might actually I think I think it might actually be the Robert Holmes half of the of the finale. Okay. Um, is that, is what he's in. Yeah. Cause I was mistaken. like,
2: uh, cause I always remember mysterious planet, yeah. but I'm like, Perry, Perry's the one in that. So I don't understand. Yeah,
1: Well, yeah, I, I almost thought I almost for a second until I remember that he does in fact come back. I, I, for a second, I thought, I thought this was like a wrath of Khan situation where, where they like, just
2: retconned it. They're like, Oh yeah, we, we totally hung out that one time.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 No, you locked me in the bathroom. Remember? And that's why I wasn't in that episode. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh yeah, but anyway, um yeah, I I do. I really like Glitz in this story a lot to the point where I think I think it's weird. I mean, and we'll talk about it in part 3, but I I think the the conclusion of of his story is strange <laughs> and I I I would have been I would have been very interested to see him become a companion for a little while. Mm. Uh, just because that's sort of, I don't know, like that's sort of like just wild card, uh, you know, kind of. Uh, you know, I hate to use the I use hate to use the term Loki, but that's sort of like Loki wild card <laughs> idea yeah, on the okay. TARDIS. Boom. I find I, I just find really I I think would be an interesting dynamic.
3: Yeah, you know, now that you, it's funny you say Loki. Uh, I, I believe all three of us have seen the movie Thor Ragnarok by now and that actually had a very early Doctor Who aesthetic now that I think about it. Yeah. Like sure. everything was very clunky and plastic
1: yeah. but like in a
2: deliberate way. Yeah,
1: but that's that. although in the case of Thor Ragnarok that's a Jack Kirby thing. Um, so, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but in any event um, I do love all of these restaurant scenes and I love meeting Ace and I love that <laughs> Being, uh, you know, being based on Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, I I just find it so fascinating that she's her version of Oz is that she's just like been thrown onto
3: another planet and <gasps> yeah.
1: she's so chill about it yeah. <laughs> that she's just like I oh, just I'll get a job like it's fine yeah whatever
3: like, when you when you find out her backstory it it I I okay well I mean just just you know cards on the table uh, you guys are right you know me so well uh, I, l- I love Ace. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you find out that her origin is that she got swept up in a time storm and is from the 20th like yeah you're like she is acting like 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 this like I I I I thought she was just going to be like someone that lives on that planet like as a yeah. teenager.
1: She's like you know what she is. She's the original Star
3: Lord. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's like, like if we met Star Lord at age 16.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, and, and in a way, mentally, we sort of did,
3: but that's, that's true. Not yeah. But like, yeah, like you meet her and she's still like, like the way she was talking really was like, oh yeah, she's from outer space.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, it's she's like, like the original Star-Lord. It's kind of cool. She, I mean,
3: okay. Well, look, A. Before her,
1: someone, I will say before someone yells at me, obviously we know that's not technically true because <laughs> Star-Lord was created prior to this in Marvel Comics, but whatever, go screw I'm talking about the movie.
3: <laughs> you know, the idea, okay, well her name her name she named her, she named herself after her catchphrase. <laughs> which is amazing. Deeply amazing. And also very Star Lord like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Very. Yes.
0: Oh man.
1: Well, he, he, he named, named himself him after well, yeah, yeah, he named himself. That's Man, that's good.
3: I love that's her. Good. She's the new she's like a Pex. She's like my dream of Pex being a companion. <laughs> True. She just keeps getting better
1: too, and the great thing about Ace is that she never goes away. I mean, like she's still the Seventh Doctor's companion in Big Finish. So, like, <laughs> I'm glad you like her because she's never going to leave. Wait, what is um, she doing when he's when he's gunned down? Well, she's she's gone at that point, but we haven't gotten to that point in Big
3: Finish. Oh, oh, it's kind of oh, it's one of those. Okay, I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So, like, big finish. The Seventh Doctor stories that are still coming out are still with Ace, Uh, which is
2: so charming.
1: Uh huh. She's like the longest, the like the longest companion ever. Yeah.
3: So, uh, yeah. So, upon meeting her, she is she. She's just a like a a bratty teenage waitress. I was really, I was. It's crazy to me that you know. So, the actress upon playing uh, at the time of playing her was uh, Uh twenty-five, and it she yeah she does not i don't know the idea of her being 16 also just added to her she, in, in kind of like a susan kind of way like mm-hmm. weirdly ageless <laughs> <laughs>
1: right well the the 16 year old thing I, which we don't find out about until like later i think okay, like part okay. 3 but but in, in in any event i mean it's such a minor detail we can bring it up whenever mm-hmm. but the but the uh the fact that she's 16 when <laughs> i found that out cuz i'd forgotten that she was 16 uh that's uh, Doctor, maybe maybe let's maybe let's not have sixteen year old companions. Uh that seems strange to me. <laughs> well it well, it
3: does that weird thing that the television is still doing where they insist on casting, you know, twenty-five, twenty-six year old, even like twenty-four-year-old women, and be like, You're going to play like a fifteen-year-old person. Right. Well, there's no reason for her to be sixteen. She can no, be it's such, it's such a weird detail. Like I mean I guess the, the older she is, the weirder her behavior becomes. <laughs> I it, guess. I like, don't know. If, if I met someone who was 25 and acted like, well, no, that's not true. I would immediately befriend them. I would, <laughs> I would never want to not hang out with them. I would become like the Alana to their Abby. Uh,
1: and just, she also, she loves explosives. which. Yes! Is one of the silliest things, but she doesn't just love explosives. She also measures them on the Richter scale.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: she's like she's like that's a blah 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 bomb, which measures a nine on the Richter scale. I was like, I'm pretty
3: sure it doesn't. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it doesn't. I think you're just saying words.
1: Yeah, because I don't. I don't I don't think that's anything anyone cares about. Also, you're on an alien planet. What the hell do they know about what a Richter scale is? I know I
2: love that the alien like t- temperature is Celsius. Yes, yeah. like, you know, just the computer just telling you what the temperature is in Celsius like it's the mm-hmm. most normal thing in the world.
1: I mean, you can you can I don't know. You can ex- at least you can explain away that that the TARDIS is like converting it.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: You know, to a certain extent, you can explain that the Richter scale thing. <laughs> that's literally named after a scientist named Richter who came up with it, right. who's from <laughs> Earth. So,
3: that's, like, she's literally saying something completely meaningless. It would be like these if people. If, it would be like if someone on the planet asked for a Kleenex.
1: Yeah. It, well, no. Well, no. It, it, I mean, it would be, but it would also be like if somebody <laughs> would, it, it would also be like if someone was like, uh, you know, like two aliens were just like, "Are we passing the Bechdel test right now?" And you're like, uh "I don't." Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, good on you for pointing that out, but also, uh, <laughs> ah,
3: <Yeah. It's laughs> how do woke, you know what that is? It's a woke um, alien. Yeah, <laughs> it's a woke alien. <laughs> affecting genders of other species i think it is my responsibility as a screenwriter to be aware of that <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah so this is
1: i mean this is just i the, the, i mean this story is really just one just one glorious moment after another is there anything else in episode one that you guys uh are are
2: um, particularly love the because you said there were no aliens in the cafe but there are like a ton of like weird stuff happening in the background and there's this this weird bat puppet that's just like constantly in frame and like shaking like the whole time (laughs) it's -hmm. so it's like a like a it's like a poor man's muppet it's just it's so creepy and it's like constantly in the background and i couldn't stop looking at it i was trying really hard to pay attention to their conversation but i was like what is that thing
3: um gl- glitz's ship is called the nosferatu which is the most 70s name for a ship ever
1: yep yep no i mean that and that's 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 it though right it's like when you like glitz is is such like you know he just
3: you, you know that he just like jams out to zeppelin and just <laughs> glitz glitz legit on the could be glitz could be in the guardians of the galaxy movies and fit right in he could be in. He could have been in Thor Ragnarok and fit yeah. right in. Yeah, just on Sakaar, just like yeah, around.
1: Yeah, he's just like in in the the game master's uh, you know yeah. coven or whatever whatever you would call that <laughs> <laughs>
3: whatever you call that thing the the um, box. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Uh, Ace, uh, the 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 storm in her bedroom was caused by an, a chemistry experiment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this ki- Ace was in her bedroom doing a chemistry experiment, and she caused a time storm, and she woke up on on Ice World. It's just, just yeah, just a just a nothing about this character isn't amazing.
1: <laughs> I I I will it, it you know they very quickly gloss over what her origin is, and they never really make reference to it ever again in the show, but. <laughs> my god every time i'm reminded of where she comes from it is just incredible it's no wonder she becomes a doctor's companion like what else is she gonna do yeah. like she's amazing
3: <laughs> in her bedroom not even like like <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't even sneak into her high school lab or something like
1: that. no well and the thing that i love about the chemistry experiment she's trying to make an explosion and instead she makes a time storm like <laughs>
0: what how does that even happen uh, she loves
1: bombs. I love Ace.
2: I love Ace She's so much. the best.
3: <laughs> Dragonfire, Part 2. Written by Ian Briggs. Directed by Chris Clow, Produced by John Nathan Turner. Script edited by Andrew Cartmel. Air date, November 30th, 1987. The dragon fires laser beams at Melanace, which leads them to believe that this dragon might not be a dragon. Glitz wishes to return to his ship, the Nosferatu, and gives the treasure map to the Doctor. Back on Ice World, Kane's staff members are beginning to show signs of discontent. Two officers, Balaz and Krauk, sir, plot to overthrow Kane, who then kills both of them. Also, his statue is finished. Down in the ice caves, the Doctor and Blitz meet Ace and Mel, still being terrorized by the laser dragon. Kane's frozen soldiers are sent to destroy the Doctor and his companions, but even they are destroyed by the dragon's lasers. The dragon takes the Doctor and the others down to some sort of control room. There, a pre-recorded hologram message explains that Kane was once a dangerous criminal, was exiled to ice world which is actually a huge spacecraft and the treasure everyone's been looking for is a crystal inside the dragon's head kane needs that crystal to activate the ice world's engines and escape the entire planet and kane hears all of this so now he's just gonna do that uh
1: so in in episode two uh we we've already had so we already had Kane in episode 1 introduced and he uh he tries to uh demolition man uh some soldiers sure uh and then <laughs> he, he he like it's really weird cuz he he freezes them but that just sort of turns them
3: into zombies
1: yeah, like ice
2: zombies Yeah ice they
1: zombies? like they like
3: lose their yeah. memory and like their humanity
1: What is I feel like I saw something recently with a similar plot line to that. Uh where, the Florida where Project. people what is it? No. Sorry. <laughs> no. I I said the Florida Project. Oh, no. Where where uh not that recently. Where where people uh sign up to give Oh it's Dollhouse. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Dollhouse. He's dollhousing them.
2: Oh my God. He is. Only
1: you know yeah. they're only they're they're only they're only ice zombies they're not a multitude of other things they're just ice zombies uh but it's the same thing they sign up and uh they work for him and that's what they did Mm -hmm. so whatever he's the Uh, uh
3: he's like the amy acker
1: yeah and also also kane is literally mr freeze uh, <laughs> like he has to live on Ice World because he can't survive high temperatures, and even Ice World is too technically too warm for him, so he has to go <laughs> in his little ice coffin and get like refrozen, mm-hmm. uh, so that he can he can survive for a little bit and like will just gradually thaw out and then have to freeze back up again.
3: Huh. Talk about uh, a snowflake, am I right? <laughs> hey,
0: uh. <laughs> <Hey-o>.
1: <laughs> uh <laughs> And uh, yeah, but he's like he's literally Mr. Freeze, which is uh really, really silly and fun, and uh i I love that, and that's how they defeat him, too, is the same way you defeat Mr. Freeze, which is basically just you, make things warmer. You promise uh, to help his ex-wife yeah,
0: Aww. right. <laughs> Nora uh,
1: you promise to help his ex-wife, and then you throw hot water at him.
3: <laughs> yeah, every time
1: but yeah he's he's even speaking of like an ex-wife he's like literally making like he's having a guy he's commissioned a frozen statue of some
2: woman oh my god that's true that is my favorite part of part two because he's like oh it's so beautiful but the statue's face literally looks like a potato and yeah (laughs) it's like i understand that you're trying to go like you're just trying to go for something, but it's just it falls so flat, and it's so spectacular, and I love it so much because <laughs> they're mm-hmm. selling it 100% earnestly, and it's so gosh darn silly.
0: Oh, it's magical!
1: <laughs> it's magical. Uh, and then we get introduced to our our friend, uh, yeah the friend the friendliest xenomorph.
3: <laughs> oh man.
1: Who just oh. looks like it? Really looks like he's he's right out of Disney's Alien.
3: <laughs> it it, um. it it looks like a it looks like a middle school was doing Alien. <laughs> yeah, and it was like three kids' jobs. Their whole job was just making the the Xenomorph suit. Oh, it's it's
1: magical, and we find out like it's a robot. Also, <laughs> like it's not even a living creature. It's like a robot thing.
3: How did the legend get started? It's literally the way the way dragon myth started in on earth where you would sailors would just see something and be like dragon <laughs> and then you find out no it was a, it was a narwhal or it was it was a whale or
1: yeah, or it just, was a guy in a bad xenomorph costume yeah a robot <laughs> a robot yeah a dragon <laughs> dragon oh man again i don't think there was communication going on <laughs> like it was <laughs> It was just like, yeah, we need you make a alien creature, alien creature. Oh, okay, like alien, and then they make it like, oh, it's supposed to be a dragon. Well, why did you tell me that? I don't know. It's fine. Um, it's we'll like imagine,
3: imagine if you imagine if they drained Loch Ness and you just <laughs> see like the skeleton of a hippopotamus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how did any of the? <laughs> where did we get any of of the way that it looked from? Uh, amazing. But uh yeah, yeah. Um,
1: oh, there's this great line from the do- from from the doctor. It's like one of my favorite because it's just like I I just well, I he said it and I was literally I just paused and I just went what <laughs> like there's this great part where where uh, where Glitz is literally being like no we shouldn't do that like what does that matter and and, and the doctor just whips his head at Glitz and goes. Does a grain of sand matter? Right? And then moves on. And I'm like, <laughs>
0: what? What, what are you talking about?
3: You're just saying that to end the conversation.
0: <laughs> like,
1: even glitz is just like, what? i do not I I don't I don't know the, <laughs> of the grain of sand. I don't know.
0: <laughs> what?
3: <laughs> it's it it's kind of like in Bruges' like you're an inanimate effing object. Like it just when you think about it, like, it makes no sense. <laughs> um, on, on the top, so we're, I, I just, you you mentioned, like, a little thing you noticed, and I, I remembered a little thing that I noticed. Uh, ba- back in part one, when they're at the food court, the doctor is seen reading a book, and uh, I recognize the book as a copy of The Doctor's Dilemma, which oh. is a play from 1908 by George Bernard Shaw.
0: Oh. And uh,
3: it's like a little problem play about a doctor who has like limited medical resources. And it's like a parable about like, you know, being a private medicine doctor, but then also it it being like a business and a vocation. Oh. Um, and we anyway, we did it back in college, which is how I, I knew what that was. And I just saw him reading it and I was like, oh, man, that's fun.
0: <laughs>
3: the doctor's dilemma. Is that?
1: Is that thematically relevant to the to the story at all?
3: No, I think they just saw that it was had the Doctor in the title.
1: Okay, fair enough. I
3: thought Towards. about it because I I remember the play pretty well, and I'm like, oh, does this have anything to do? And I'm like, no, there's no there's no dragon. There's no <laughs>
0: there's
3: no there's no tough there's... little tough little girl that made a time storm in her bedroom. <laughs> dragon Fire Part Three. Written by Ian Briggs Directed by Chris Clough, Produced by John Nathan Turner Script edited by Andrew Cartmel Airdate December 7th, 1987 Kane sends his forces to bring him the crystal inside the dragon's head and even blows up Blitz's ship, the Nosferatu, while people were inside of it. Kane's men finally kill the dragon, but are killed themselves when the crystal discharges a blast of energy. The doctor takes the crystal and Cain responds by taking Ace. He then offers to bargain with the doctor. In exchange for Ace's safety, the doctor must hand over the crystal to Cain. Kane. Kane's plan is revealed to be meaningless, however, when he learns that he's been a prisoner on Iceworld for so long that his planet no longer exists. Kane then opens up the windows of his spaceship and kills himself. Mel decides that this is as good a time as any to bounce, deciding to travel with Blitz through all of space, but none of time. Ace and the Doctor decide to become traveling companions and a beautiful friendship was born.
1: Uh, so let's talk about part three. Um, unless is there anything else in part two? Uh,
2: so oh i I really okay. liked the doctor like arguing philosophy with that guard because it sounded like oh, yeah. um whatever oh my god what's the what's the the term for made up science words you know what i'm talking about oh, like pseudoscience they, yeah like something like that but like when people are just like saying gobbledygook to sound smart it sounded like that.
1: oh oh in uh yeah like in um like when they would do stuff like that in yeah, star trek Yeah, yeah, yeah and, uh, Yeah. Oh, i forget I don't what remember that's called. What called i know what you're talking about but it about, sounded though.
2: like that for philosophy because either they someone like was a philosophy major and just like whipped that stuff out or like they just made stuff up and i really yeah. <laughs> really liked it
1: and and also not for nothing but uh that guard is a close talk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was getting all up in the doctor's business while they were debating philosophy oh, man uh, was uh, was interesting. Um, so episode three, uh, Ace's reaction to the TARDIS. I I really like. I mean, we, we've seen this. Re- we've seen like people reacting to the TARDIS for the first time a million times. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I like about hers is that it's, it's sort of like instant. Like, oh, okay, that's what this is which is which is good. Like I like I like it when they don't make a huge deal about it because mm-hmm. I don't know. There's only so many times that where like as a viewer I want to see that. Um <laughs> uh but it only it really only works when we are also seeing the new interior of the Tardis for the first time. I think that's when it works the best. Um like when Amy saw the Tardis for the first time and it's like, "Oh, Ooh. yeah." Uh, Because we were seeing it for the first time, too. But in in Ace's case, what I like about that was, like, they (laughs) show up at the box. (laughs) In Ace's case, they show up at the box, and she's like, I thought we were going back to your spaceship. And she's like, this is our spaceship. And she's like, oh, like, you know, don't don't mess with me. Come on. This is ridiculous. And she's like, no, seriously. And they get in. She's like, all right, well, pile in. And then when they enter the TARDIS, like, when you go into the interior they are. She's like moving. Like her whole body language is like a person who's getting ready to step into a crowded elevator. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just really like that about the way that she reacts to it. Um, I don't know. Like it's just, it was very. I, I, I thought like as an actress, I, I, you know, I think that Sophie Aldred like did a really good job of sort of thinking that mm-hmm. out about yeah. like how to how to play that and i i really liked it it was good
2: i didn't notice that yeah. that's awesome yeah me
3: i'm i'm just thinking about it now <laughs> yeah yeah no it was, it was really good um just a fun story and like it's not you know it's it's goofy but it's not dumb
2: yeah
1: no no it's not dumb it's fun uh wh- so mel deciding to like he's just out of nowhere deciding it's time to leave truly out of nowhere uh, yeah truly out of nowhere deciding like well i think it's about time that i leave and the doctor's like okay bye and she's like wait i have things that i want to say he's like he's like nah. i don't it's yeah, nope
3: nope it's, you haven't you said enough get out of here if, bye. If, a, if a friend ever was that blase about me like leaving their life like it's it's like almost like Colin Baker level mean.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's he
3: just like, doesn't mm, care. All right, head out. I'm, you know, right, times times an out. illusion, baby.
1: And then, uh, and then, uh, Glitz gets his uh, gets a new ship, and he calls it the Nosferatu Two, um, the Nosferatu <laughs> I about Two. That.
0: That's true.
1: Yeah, the, the Nosferatu Two. Uh, <laughs> and, the 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 worst name the one name that you no. couldn't have picked oh yeah no it's horrible um but it's it's great in that sort of like lame ironic way. yeah he probably uh, you know, he
3: probably just spray painted the two onto his ship
0: yeah
1: i really you know i really just want to see a remake of guardians of the galaxy or a pre-make i guess mm-hmm. with like glitz as yondu and ace as <laughs> star lord
3: yeah, no, like, I, I don't want this crew to break up. You have, like, the fun, nerdy, kind of, like, idealistic doctor. You have, like, the go get me too girl Scout. You have, like, Little Miss friggin' Oppenheimer able to create time storms in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then you have, like, chilled-out 70s cocaine space pirate. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: And th- okay, so the weirdest thing, though, about... Them, uh, you know, Mel being like, okay, well, I'm leaving because I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be Glitz's assistant now <laughs> on the Nosferatu. Two, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why she wants to work with Glitz. That seems weird, but I guess like she's like, oh, I'm gonna keep you, I'm gonna keep you on point. And he's like, oh no, like, that doesn't uh, even sound and, fun. Like, yeah, well, but. Okay, so I don't know how in continuity this is. Okay. But I I there are uh doc there is doctor who stuff out there in the world mm-hmm. that's not fan fiction. That is that is officially sanctioned license, licensed Doctor Who stuff uh, in which Mel and Glitz are like a married no. space Ooh. pirate couple.
3: Ooh, no, don't like that at all.
1: No. Yeah, no, that's no, weird, no. right? That, that is super weird. weird. Uh also, I mean their children would have just the curliest <laughs> hair imaginable. It just Oh, they cancel <laughs> each other out
2: and then all their kids are Oh, have they they're completely <laughs> straight hair. That's how genetics works, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. What in the world? <laughs>
1: um yeah so i don't i don't like Mm -hmm. that i don't i don't like that she ends up with glitz um just just at all like you know romanticism aside i don't like that she ends up with glitz like in her life (laughs) uh but yeah it's weird and then ace is like yeah i'm just gonna come with you and he's like oh cool and then whatever that's it (laughs) i
3: don't get attached to people
1: (laughs) She's like, well, I did just see you say bye to Mel in that really like weird way, but uh, I'm going to be your friend now. And then I'm never going to leave so that I never have to have that conversation with you.
3: <laughs> so I'm just going to stay with you forever because I saw how you treat the companions Ooh, who leave. Wow, you don't. Okay. Well, I'm going to ride this out.
1: <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. And Kane's face melts like a...
3: Like the Nazis. Oh the man, oh, it was I great. forgot about it's, that. It's literally like they bought the same model somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's it it, really it, is. it it's somehow able to. It almost d- distracts you from how gory it is for a Doctor Who story because mm-hmm. it is so fake. But it, if it looked, if it didn't look fake, it would be really out of place for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It's.
1: It's not as at least it's not as bloody as it is in Raiders of the yeah. Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, so there's at least that because like the concept of it is that he's like literally melting because he needs cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's it's, it's a really uh, this story's great. I really <laughs> I really, I really I'm, love this. I'm bummed that this, we're, is, this is three Seventh Doctor stories in a row that we have really loved.
3: Yeah, he's he's it's definitely the uh the strongest era of the classic show for me so far in terms of like hit you know hit ratio. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I it's interesting that this season is is looked down upon by Doctor Who fandom. Really? Uh yeah, oh yeah. People hate this. They everyone says like oh, the seventh doctor's era doesn't get good until remembrance of the Daleks.
2: I mean, I I prefer Oh, is that
1: the one where they
3: reflect on what's happened and how they can change? <laughs> yes. Cool.
2: I prefer McCoy's later stuff, but because he has a chance to really figure out what his doctor is about, but mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just fun, stupid Doctor Who this season.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I
1: love it. I love this. I'm gonna miss this era, I'll be honest. Yeah. But yeah, next time we uh, we check in with the Seventh Doctor, it'll be um, it'll be Remembrance of the Daleks, which is a pretty substantial story in the Seventh Doctor era.
2: I'm excited. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah,
0: I'm excited too. Some good ace,
1: (laughs) ace, uh, ace, just taking down Daleks. That's a lot of fun with like a bat.
3: Oh, I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) she's gonna like wrap her legs around one and just kind of it's gonna like spin I mean I think you literally
1: just described an action sequence I don't know if that's an action sequence (laughs) it is for this show Um,
3: get her off (laughs) not fun Uh, (laughs) stop hitting me You mentioned uh, you mentioned the mall cops cybermen. I think I think the I think the Daleks would be great. Mall cops. <laughs> if they had to for wear For some
1: reason for some reason I see them more as like museum security guards oh, than boom. mall cops. Yeah,
3: with like the white shirt over their frame. <laughs> yes. With like the badge and like they have like a little the little guard hat.
1: Yeah. All clear. And a flashlight. Yeah.
3: Who's there? Yeah. Click, click, click. <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? It's the Dalek Museum.
2: <laughs> oh, man.
3: Uh, All right. Well, you need Asylum with the Daleks? Well, the list of stuff we're going to do if we ever get to do stuff for the show just keeps growing. <laughs> uh-huh. It's true. Very true. Um,.
1: So, yeah, we're going to be doing – we're going to do Eighth Doctor. We're going to be back with the Eighth Doctor story, The Stones of Venice. Uh, That being an audio adventure, I'm not sure if we're going to do the recaps. And so I'm going to – you take this time to ask everyone listening, what do you think of that? We've done it all season. Um, We're not going to do it with the new Who stuff, just the classic Who stuff. And uh, it's a lot of work. So we want to know, is it worth it? Do you guys really love it? Or would you rather us just go back to the way we did it before, where we sort of incorporate our recaps into our conversation? <clears throat>
0: um,
1: let us know. It's it's easier to record this way, but it's way harder to edit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, you know, if it's worth it, cool. If it's not, and you guys are like, eh, I can take it or leave it, then we just won't do back it anymore. Back the old uh, way. Back to the old way, yeah.
3: Work for Doctor Who. Let us know.
1: Yeah. Let us know uh, what you think, because we probably won't do it for Stones of Venice. We'll probably recap as we go, because it's like an audio show, and it feels weird to like audio recap an audio (laughs) show. (laughs) I don't know. It just seems weird. It's like, I I don't know.
3: It's It's like like making a movie to do a film review.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Totally. Um, Just seems weird. So we're not going to do that. Uh, so yeah, let us know, and you can do that, uh, by joining the, uh, the, uh, Facebook group, the Doctor's Companion Facebook group, um, that'll, uh, you can, you can go there and, and let us know if, uh, you know, you like this or not. You can also tell us on Twitter at TDC Pod, and you can email the show, contact at the US. all that stuff. So go check out all of that. Uh, Let us know what you think of the recaps that we've done all season. Let us know if it's worth it. And uh, we'll be back next time with The Eighth Doctor and the Stones of Venice.